Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 115. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Uh, RIP to my mentions on Twitter. Uh, it was it was a good Twitter day for me. Every time I looked at my phone, it was like 20 plus, 20 plus. And I went, God, she's just like... And I'm one of those people where I, I can't have... You know when your phone shows oh, you like the number yes, in red, like I, something's there. Mm-hmm. I have to look at it. I have to. I can't just ignore it. No, I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I get it, man. But I don't know if you saw uh, my tweet. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, all the haters sharing it. Thank you for the page views. <laughs> yes. So it was a good it was a good day for me though. Like usually I don't deal well with negative criticism, uh, but I was able to shake it off thanks to one comment from like unrelated completely, just saying it's just Twitter. And I just kept telling myself all the, all day, and I was good. So thanks to that anonymous person for just saying, it's just Twitter. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, it's just Twitter. It's the internet. You don't know these people in real life. That's <laughs> true. Exactly. Uh, so what's going on with you? Mitch, I made a big boy decision yesterday, and I was very <laughs> scared, but I am now very excited and very happy that I went with this decision. What, what, what decision are we talking about here? I signed the papers... On a lease deal. I am getting a new car. I'm Sorry, pick- is it a SUV? Tell me it's the SUV. Oh, my God. It is not the, the SUV. SUV. Unfortunately not. Dang it. That thing is going to get buried at, uh, what is it, the Barclays Center? I almost said Belmont Park. It's not there yet. <laughs> it uh, will no. be. They have to bury some sort of sacrifice to the gods to appease them for everything to go smoothly. <laughs> yeah, so the SUV, I think, is actually going to get buried at Belmont Park. That would make a lot more sense. Uh, no, I am getting my new truck tomorrow. Going with the mm-hmm. Ford Ranger. I'm very excited. It's something that I wanted to do for a long time. Finally able to do it and felt pretty good about it yesterday. Thank you to everyone who commented on my uh, tweet or tweeted at me with asking when I asked for advice. Because listen, that was a new experience for me. So I was nervous and everyone's tips really helped me calm down. So Nice. That's good. It's not fun buying a car because it's a big purchase that you know you're losing on immediately, right? The second you drive it off the lot... <laughs> There goes the value of the the product you just bought, um, but who cares? You know, you you still have to buy one. <laughs> you need to get around. Yep, it's something that everyone has to go through. So uh, I'm just glad that everything went well, and I'm very excited to see the car tomorrow. Oh, I'm yeah, good for you. That's gonna be fun. God, I remember buying my first car, and it was great. Uh, an Audi A4 2004, I think it was. Oh, okay, I went I went crazy. Like I, I went. I did not buy, like, I, I knew I wanted my first car was supposed to be an Audi A4. I knew that for sure. 
and I bought a used one. It was a couple of years used, and it was amazing. Oh, I loved it. I wish I had it again. That is a nice first car to buy. It was nice. It was expensive. Like anytime, like something, I heard something, I went, "Oh God, there's two hundred dollars," because that's what it was. It's two hundred dollars just bringing it in. Oh, so. Oh boy. Uh, So with that, Mitch. Do you have an addition for us before we get into it? Yes. We are at podcast 115, man. 115. That's nuts. Crazy. Uh, So I'm going with, so thank you to Piper for piping in. I love that. Uh, With the suggestion of going with a player from the 2000 plus whatever edition over 100 that we are. I know it's kind of convoluted, but the 2015 draft, we have to pick a player from the 2015 draft and the edition is on that player. And what we do with with this is at the three-quarter mark of the show, if you will. I asked Matt three questions about this specific player. Uh, and so this player is Ryan Pilon. I'm going to say Pilon, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Pilon based off where he's from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you with Matt Barzell? No, sorry, bud. No, no Matt Barzell, no Bo. Thanks. Oh, God. Okay. All right. So good good luck to you uh, on the three questions later. So again, this is episode 115, the Ryan Pylon edition, because I think he's from the uh, western portion of Canada. Okay. Uh, so with that, Mitch, let's get right into it. There is no Islanders games again. It feels like the Islanders have another week off, which is, what are the schedule makers doing, man? This is just rough. It's ridiculous. They have three games in, what is it, 12 days or something from November, uh, October 20th to November 1st, sorry, October 31st, they have three games. So, what is that, 11 days? Yeah, just about. It's insane. They had two four-day breaks. What are you doing to us? You you get us hooked, and you're like, I gotta say the magic word for two weeks. Come on, guys. Nah, it, it, it's pretty rough, but one of the bright spots is that we can kind of just sit back, relax, and enjoy the team being on a seven-game win streak. Last time we talked, it was... What, a two or a three game win streak at that point? They played what three or four, four more games since we they last talked. They played three, so it would have been a four game win streak at that point. Okay, so four game win streak, three, uh, yeah, so three win, three more wins on top of that, seven in a row. How do you like that? Oh, I love it. That's good. We haven't seen this since 1990, since I was six, no five. I was negative five. Look at that, Mitch. Sorry, six. I can't do math. That's true. Well, I hadn't turned six yet, so I was five. Oh yes, math back in my corner. All right, Mitch, back in it. Uh, so this <laughs> team, flop. God. this team, they are just winning the way that they did last year. They are allowing two goals or less, and they're just, you know, they're they're playing good hockey. They're playing their style, their brand of hockey, and it's working. Yeah. So we go more in depth in, in a game to game basis on our patron podcast, where you can get a post-game podcast after every single game. So generally within like an hour or two to at worst the next morning before 8 o'clock, you got a fresh new Islanders podcast downloaded and ready for you to listen to. And we break it down play by play. We give you our three winners, three losers, and headlines. But yes, Matt, three wins. Amazing. They're doing it just like they did last year, if not even better, right? Because they're scoring a bit more. Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. Right? Those last three games... Two games, they scored four goals. The third game, they scored five. Lou Lamorello is loving that goal differential right there. Yeah, he's going to eat that up. We know that. They're they're plus six in those three games. He's loving it. (laughs) That's going to all add up for the end of the year. Oh, he's going to love it. (laughs) He's just banking that goal differential. Like, yes, goal differential. My favorite. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, with that, we have a few more storylines specifically we want to get into, but we just want to do a quick overview. So got you up to date. They are on a seven-game win streak. More info, go to the patreon.com for more post-game Islanders content. But over this span, they lost Casey Zekas, and now he's back. And after his first game back, I mean, they welcomed him back with open arms. They really missed him, and you saw the importance that he has to this team when he was back out on the ice. It was a completely different fourth line. Wildly different fourth line. Like, when you have Leo Komarov out there, that that's why, like, Leo Komarov in those mixes, what is he playing, like, less than 10 minutes? Maybe a little bit more because he probably had some penalty kill time to deal with. But yeah. that, that fourth line was no longer a fourth line. Well, it was literally a, a typical NHL fourth line instead of what is essentially a third line. Yeah, pretty much if you go by ice time. I mean, usually you can roll out, you know, uh, Sezikis for close to 12 minutes and Martin and Clutterbuck, you know, 10 or 11. Yeah, and, and it's really, it has to do with Sezikis. You can't put Martin, Clutterbuck, and someone in the middle, like Cole Bardrow, and expect the same results. It no. just doesn't happen. Um, you can get good results. Like, Cole Bardrow seems pretty good, and, and Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck are, are okay players for a fourth line, uh, if not good players for a fourth line. Uh, but... You, you take Sezikis out of there, and you've taken the beating heart not only out of that fourth line, but out of the team. Yeah, because he really does everything well. And, you know, we know he, that he could be that, that fourth line grinder, as Butch loves to say. He's a great penalty killer. And even offensively, we saw last year, when he takes the chances, he can be a very good offensive player. That's why both Mitch and I kind of were advocates for moving him up to the third line all offseason. The Islanders decided not to do that, but he could handle it if the Islanders wanted to wanted to do that, especially with all the injuries right now. Absolutely. And I, I can hear the eye rolls from maybe not some of the listeners, but some of the people like through osmosis hearing this because they, 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 they hear third line and go like, oh, grumb, grumbled. Yes, he's already playing third line. Look at the minutes. You're probably right that you, you think that that fourth line is – essentially a third line based off of minutes. But really, defense they, they play a lot more defensively than they do offensively. And, and the, the argument we're trying to make is to put Zizekas in a more offensive situation because there's a reason he scored 20 goals last year. And there's a reason he could have had more than, maybe not 20 goals, but maybe more than 33 points I think he had. Yep. It's you put him with more offensive players. Like how many times does he throw that puck in the slot and, and Martin maybe may not be there or Clutterbuck may not be there? How many times has he played from the behind the goal line and throw it right in front of the net? Often. you got a guy who's got an offensive mind. They're going to be there. And so, you know. But either way, he is there in the on the fourth line capacity, and he is killing it. And he gives the Islanders everything they need, and he gives them not only something to do on the ice, but he's, like I said, the beating heart of this team. He's the identity. He's the, the, the pillar for everything they build themselves off of. Right, and that's why... That line is known as the identity line because it is the heartbeat. It's the soul of this team. And that's really what they are. I mean, they are a defensive-minded team, and Casey Zekas is just that. He is probably their best overall defensive forward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And like the, the thing is that they, they turn defense into offense, and once they're in the offense, they carve out these high-danger chances, these pucks to the slot. Pucks to high danger areas or shots from within the slot. That's what Casey Zekas does. That's his bread and butter. So he does, and they play a hard nosed, physical, 
you know, beat them up, maybe not beat them up, but like, you know, staple gun guys to the boards type of play, which is what quote unquote Islanders hockey under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello. That's how that, that, that's just exactly what they do. And so you take cases as he's out of it and you've changed the dynamic of this team going forward. Yeah. No, that's and that's great. exactly what we saw when he was gone, right? No, it's a great point because, like you mentioned earlier, like we see what the fourth line is capable of with Casey Zekas, and you take that one piece out. So two-thirds of that line is still together, and you put in Leo Komarov, who on 99% of NHL teams, he's a fourth-line player. He is not a third-line player, and that line crumbles. They were nowhere near as good as what they are with Casey Zekas. With Komarov, they were... I don't know, just just another fourth line. But with Zizekas, they there's a reason why they say it's the best best fourth line in hockey. Yeah, the, the, when you put Leo Komarov out there, they now are there to just soak up minutes to give guys like Barzal or Brock Nelson or whoever's on the third line a chance to catch their breath and to come out there. So you guys go out there, make sure you keep the puck in the other end if you can, and then do that for like 10 minutes a night and that'll be good. Whereas Zekas, it's you do that and you try to create and generate some offense. That's the difference, and he does it. It's it's wild to see him operate. Uh, it's just I've never seen a player like it. No, and you kind of see why Garcinell wanted to keep him around. Yeah, so like I remember when what I, I remember writing the piece and when the tweet came out, I remember where I was when Casey Zekas signed that huge offer. Right, it was five years, three point five million or three point three five million per year. Yeah. And like people going nuts, you know, pay that for a fourth liner. And, and typically you're right. But when you look at it, he's not really a fourth liner. He should be a third liner. And $3.35 million for 20 goals on the third line, that's pretty good. That's good value. Right. It's all about – I'm trying to think of like the right words to, to, to say. It's, when you're building a team, you have to allocate a certain percentage for each guy. A Casey Sezikis at that cap percentage is worth it. A Cal Clutterbuck at that very similar cap percentage, not worth it. No, absolutely not. 100% not. Uh, it, it's not the worst contract in the league. Like, Bobby Ryan, what's up? It's not the worst um, contract on the team. No, <laughs> that's true. Andrew Ladd, how you doing? Yeah. Um, dude, have you... Uh, tangent. Tangent on Andrew Ladd. Have you looked at how much money they have, they being the Islanders, locked up in IR right now? Uh, let me guess. Yeah. It's got to be like $16 million. $17.3 million or something like that. Wow. With uh, Eberle, Ladd, Komarov. That, that's what, that's 12 plus 3, that's $15 million right there between those four guys, or those three guys. Yeah. Or maybe not 15. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyways, that was a quick tangent just to bring that up because I saw it and I thought it was important. No, it is. But but with Sezikis, if you can play him on a third-line role and give him a little bit more offense, you do it. And they might have to going forward. Like, Matt Martin is out for four to six weeks. So, they're, they're going to put Ross Johnson there with Cal Clutterbuck? Okay, fine. That, that works, but, like, take the opportunity to get more. You're already playing guys like Del Cole and Wallstrom for six to eight minutes a night. Maybe try and flip it. Maybe once Leo's back from whatever illness he's got, maybe he was, I don't know, he's got mono like Sam Darnold or something. Um, I don't know. He just seems, it seems long to be ill. This is like, yeah, this is the worst flu of all time, I guess. It's been yeah. uh, a very, a very long sickness. 
hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully it's just a flu that's just really bad. Like I would hate for it to be something a little bit more serious and then I make fun of it because that's that, that's, that's not fun. But um, if, he, if and when he comes back, and I imagine he will come back soon, you put him out there as that fourth line center. All right, cool. Now you can put guys that are more offensive next to Casey Zizekas. Although I doubt Barry Trotz will do that because he loves Martin Zizekas Clutterbuck too much. Yeah, I like it too. I just don't know if it could last forever, you know, and you well, got to move yeah. on from it eventually. Martin is out of a contract next year, although I would imagine they re-sign him. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take that much to get him to come back. No, he he wants to stay and they want to keep him. So, Maddie, can we figure something out at like $1.5 to $2 million for a couple of years? I think he says yes. Yeah, I would agree. I would tend to agree with you there. So... But yeah, it's nice to have cases Zika's back. It, it really is. He, he, missing just a couple of games is a game changer for us. No, it, it is. It's weird that you are more concerned about missing your fourth line center than you are your starting or it's starting first line right wing. That's true. That's true. Or that the impact is felt so much more. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. It's working. So it's all right. right. All right, Mitch. So when we come back, we're going to get into two specific injuries and how it's going to impact the New York Islanders. All right. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We hinted at a couple of injuries for the New York Islanders, and Matt Martin and Tom Kunakel are both headed to IR, both with the same timetable, if I'm not mistaken, four to six weeks. So it's going to be a little bit before we see either of those two guys back. How about a slow clap for Matt Martin coming back in the game against Ottawa when he got that injury? Just I mean, yeah. He left in the second, came back in the third. Tom Kunakle, Tom Kunakle did not. Not to take anything away from Tom Kunakle, just that's that's Martin. Because Kunakle went out in the first, I believe. Like, it was a couple of minutes in even. Uh, and then Martin went out a little, bit, a little bit later, and he realized like they were they had only dressed 11 forwards, right? Yeah, so they were, they were down to nine for a good chunk of the second. That's you're you're down, what, a quarter of your team are your forwards, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. You only have, you're basically just using three lines, and that's rough. And this is like second period onwards, so you you still have like effectively a third a plus to play with three quarters of your team of your forward line. That's not good. That's tough. No, and you saw how in the third period how tired that team was. They did not. They looked really good in the first and the second, and then in the third, they were just kind of like holding on for dear life at that point. Yeah, they, they was catching up to them. Thank God it was the Ottawa Senators, not someone else like, I don't know, the Washington Capitals or even the Buffalo Sabres right now. Buffalo, what the heck's going on yeah, there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're going to fall off again. They always do. Did they just all of a sudden realize they're a good team? Like, you look at that team and you go, that's a good team, and then now they're just clicking? You know, Ralph Kruger, eh? What a guy. Maybe. Um, so with Matt Martin and Tom Kunakel out, it's who comes up? Who's who's filling those spots? Because that, like we mentioned just before, there's five people on IR right now with Eberle, Ladd, Komarov, Martin, and Kunakel now. And some of these guys, are like two of them are missing four to six weeks. Who knows how long Leo's out? Andrew Ladd had the contact jersey removed 14 years ago, and we still haven't heard from him. And then Eberle, I don't know what's going on there. He... He's, he's walking around a Halloween, so, like, we know he's not, like, you know, bedridden, at least, which is good. 
Yeah, that's a good sign. Lad, I think they said the timetable remains the same. So towards the end of about a month out at this point, still, you know, probably at least three weeks out. Uh, I I know they called up Otto Koivula today. Do you think he plays on Friday for their first game back? I would say so. Why are you calling him up just to have him sit? I don't I don't get it. Like I don't like that. I know JP from VA always says like he's not coming up to take to have meetings, and I completely agree. In this case, I completely agree. It would be it would be dumb to call him up. Be like, all right, Coivilla, thanks for coming. Um, uh, now go sit down, and Cole Bardrow is going to play. All right, weird. Yeah, but we both kind of liked how Cole Bardrow has played, and it looks like the Islanders have too. Right, but the the, the reason I bring that up in, in that kind of like questioning sense is they've played Bardrow in, in terms of practice on line three in the same slot as Coivilla, so it seems that they're both competing for a spot. Right. Uh, at the same spot that is. Uh, so you're like, all right, well, you're calling him up to do what? Just have him provide competition for Cole Bardrow? If you like him so much, just have him play. Play, yeah. And and I like Cole. He's, he's fine. But I want to see Koivula play. Like the, the, the promise and potential out of this kid so far, oh, man, give me more. He's played six times in the AHL so far. He's already got two points. Uh, he had 46 last year. So let's see what he's got. Why not? Yeah, so with both... Kunakel and Martin out. What I wanted to do was go through and what the lines are going to look like for the New York Islanders with these injuries. So, okay, what is your top line? So top line, like the top two, I think we can say remains the same, right? So you got Lee Barzal Bailey on on line one. Yes, and then line two, you got Bo Nelson Brassard. Correct. It's where it's lines three and four that you can get a little bit uh, creative there. Right, and so what we've seen so far is line three is um, Johnston, and it was Johnston Koivula slash Bardro and Del Cole, I believe. No, it was Wallstrom. Sorry, Wallstrom on line three. That makes and sense. And then it was Del Cole, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Okay. Which is weird to me. What would you do? Flip those left wings. Okay, so, so Johnson be... for Del Cole, and you'd have so Del line Cole. three would be Del Cole, Koivula slash Bardro and Wallstrom, and then line four would be Johnson, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Okay, I think yeah, I, my line four would be Johnson, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. I think I would like to go Koivula, Bardro, Wallstrom as a third line. I like that. I like that a lot. I really I just do. think I think Koivula at this point. I mean, we don't know. He hasn't played yet, but I, I'm, I tend to think that his ceiling is higher than Michael Del Cole's. I'm being willing to scratch Michael Del Cole at this point. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you, right? What has he given you? You've dropped him all the way to the fourth line. You played him, what was it, six minutes the other night against the Flyers? Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, wh- what is the point? Like, why do, you, why do you have to have Michael Del Cole in the lineup for six minutes? Like, he's got to be in, but he's only going to play six minutes. <laughs> no, I can't raise my hands any higher. I'm raising the roof. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it, man. Like, he hasn't shown you anything. He, see, you tried him. He's given you, what, two points so far? You know, half a hit. Like, he's he's trying. He's doing something. It's just it's just not working. Um, so why not bring a guy who can give you maybe something? What have you, had, what have you got to lose here? I don't know. He's been good in the AHL. Yeah. A, a winning streak? All right, cool, great. Like, you're going to have – that's going to stop at some point. But you, you have to see what you've got coming up in system. And, and this is a kid. So what, are you going to call him up and have him play six minutes? 
come on now, really? No, lame. Yeah. They, they might though. They they you know they I shouldn't say they might. They will. You know that's exactly what's going to happen, right? They're going to insulate these kids so much they're going to play like two minutes. <laughs> play like two minutes. <laughs> I shrug though because I say, what's the point of that? I agree, but that that's what they that's what they do. They did it against the Flyers. But they're winning, right? Like it's hard to to take the stance of like they should do this, and then they got a seven game win streak and a Jack Adams from last year doing things that we said they shouldn't be doing. So it's kind of hard. Not it is, but it seems like most people have that same internal struggle. Yeah, you you would have to. I, I know even the people who say like, well, I trust Trotz. Listen, so do I. But like, you look at that and you say. Michael Del Cole is out there for six minutes, and let's say, let's just for argument's sake, he's going to bench Otto Koivula. Why? Why did you then call why him? call him up? Is he, is, was he really that bad in the, like, the couple of days? You know, if he does, then you have to think of, well, was he just not, did he not outplay Michael Del Cole? Eesh. I roll my eyes, which is bad podcasting, but I, I really hope that's not the case. Exactly. So it really, I, I, I'm glad that Otto Koivula is up. I just hope he gets the opportunity that he deserves. I really do. Yeah, me too. And with both Kunakel and Martin out, it's a ton of chances. It's a ton of chances, but it's when some of those other guys start coming back, like Jordan Eberle or Leo Komarov. Right? When Leo Komarov comes back, one of those guys is going down, and one of the three, like Wallstrom... Look, there's a reason he only played him eight minutes the other night against the Flyers. He's been decreased and decreased and decreased to, to a point where, like, he was a healthy scratch even the game before that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So, I don't know. I It really just seems like they're going to send him back. So, I, I think let's just assume that Jordan Eberle or Leo Komarov comes back against Tampa. The one person to go down, I think, is going to be Oliver Wallstrom. I, I guess. I don't, I don't like it. So they'd I rather don't. have Koivula up than Wallstrom is essentially what you're saying then. I think so. I, I think they feel that Koivula is closer than than Wallstrom, even though Lou said just at the start of the season he's close. But I, I think he said that, and then he saw him play some NHL games, and he went, eh, maybe he's not that close yet. I don't know. Anytime he's been on the ice, it seems like he's putting shots on the net. I agree, but then why do you make him a healthy scratch and then you put him on the third line, which is effectively the fourth line, because you play him eight minutes? Yeah. Like He Good played question, two Mitch. minutes more than Ross Johnson, and those two minutes, I think, were power play time. That's a great point, Mitch. I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, anything else on Martin and Kunako's injury and or what they could do with the lineup? I really just hope that Martin didn't make that injury worse by playing by that third back. period. I really hope that it, he could have played on it, and maybe this four to six weeks is just precautionary, and that maybe he's back sooner than later. But I, I really just hope he didn't get out there and he made it worse. That that that'd be that'd break my heart. Yeah, I mean, he really gives everything to this team, and I just heart and soul guy. And kudos to you, man, for going out and keeping fighting in that third period. Yeah, so that's all I've got on the, on that. You got anything else? No. So with that, let's move on to our five biggest surprises so far in the 2019-2020 season. Mitch, let's start with your list. What's your what's first on yours? So we came up with two different lists, right? Well, 
we don't know what's on each other's lists, uh, which maybe we should have cross-referenced, but it's fine. It's, it's going to be fun to figure out. I'm sure we're going to have some overlap here. I'm sure. Probably. Let's just hope it's so. not the same five. <laughs> In the exact same order. Okay. One, the power play. Okay. I don't have that on my list. You don't? Okay, good. The power play is at, what, 30.8%? I should have this up right now, and I'm sorry. I just don't like having a bunch of tabs because, as you very well know, and you listening also know at this point, uh, my internet has been la poop recently, so I try not to have too many tabs open to stress it out. Um, But the Islanders' power play, if I can get this to load real quick, is at least 30%. Oh, it's so not quick. Um. It is 30 point, sorry, 27.8%. It's dropped a few uh, and good for fourth in the league. Still good. Still good. It, it's early, I know, but this is surprising considering how they ended the year on the power play and considering how they were just in general on the power play last year. Right. Uh, it's been night and day. No, it genuinely has, and it's been pretty, pretty incredible to see them actually put a watchable unit for the power play. So that's my number one. What's your number one? My number one, I'm going with a player. Devon Tays, man, he, he has put up a ton of points so far early on. He is leading all Islanders defensemen with eight points in 11 games. I feel like it's a quiet eight points in 11 games to an extent. I feel like he's not getting talked about as much as some of the other hot starts on the Islanders. But I was confident that he was going to take a step forward. I just didn't think it would be this productive this quick. Yeah, so what, 8 points, 11 games? He's on pace for what, 50 points or something like that? Uh, It's got to be more than that. I don't have my calculator open. Hang on. But he's had 60. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he cools off at some point, but even if he hits 40, wow, what a season from him. Um, He's been been good. Uh, His partner, Scott Mayfield, has been okay, just not great. Uh, and so the pairing sometimes kind of is a little disjointed, but I think they figure it out in a couple of games here. Uh, maybe some more practice time. Maybe this week is going to be great for them to just kind of, you know, syncopate, get back on the same wavelength. Um, but I, I've been loving everything that Devin Taze has been doing. Just absolutely fantastic. The way he moves that puck out of the zone, amazing. No, he has been phenomenal. That's why I wanted to include him on my list. Okay. That was your number one, eh? That's good. Okay. My number two is that the Islanders are good with injuries. Okay. As in, they're still winning, and their number one right wing is out with injury. Leo Komarov is out with injury. Not that he's a huge, you know, benefit, uh, impact player, but, you know, it's still a guy that they trust and value and is an important cog in their machine. Uh, Andrew Ladd is out, although he was out all of his last season right. pretty much anyway, so who cares? Uh, Matt Martin is now out. Tom Kuhnockel is now out. Those are... Again, not like huge pieces, but they're vital pieces to the machine that they run. And again, really, Jordan Eberle gone and has not been once, uh, hasn't played once in the seven game stretch is, is, is telling that they're able to fill these positions. Josh Bailey, you're up. All right, you're good. Uh, Derek Broussard, you take Josh's spot. Oh my God, look at you score, lols. This is great. And it's not like Eberle was bad in the sample size he played. And he had three points in five games. So he looked like playoff Eberle also. Exactly, and and now he's it's just gone. You're going, oh boy, a team that isn't supposed to be good gone, and then boom, oh we're gonna win everything, ha ha ha. Well, crazy. Then it makes you think, like, okay, what if, um, you know, they get Everly back, and what can this offense potentially look like? So that that 
that question bothers me just a bit. Like, let's spend sure. some time on just that. Okay. Because if he does come back, that means Josh Bailey, you're now second line right wing. What yeah, happens to Broussard? Go back to center. Is that going to work? I don't know. I I would assume so. He played that position his whole NHL career. Right, but like it seems that he's he's doing well now that he's a winger. Is he going to do that well now that as a center? Or are we going to get the same Derek Brassard we saw for the first X number of games to start the season? I hope I'm, it goes. I hope it stays the same. I hope that was an anomaly. His first six games or seven games, however much it was. I, I hope so. I hope he just needed to get the back of the net, and then everything clicks from there. Um, you know, he's smiling in the dressing room. Everything's joking and fun, but like. Ugh. When Everly comes back, what happens to Broussard? Although, if Everly comes back and he's the same player, then who cares, right? Because like he'll make up for it. Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, okay. So, uh, who's your second? Oh no, you said your second, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm already confused. That's uh, fine. Anthony Beauvillier is my second surprise because mm. I put a lot of pressure on Beauvillier, and I'm sure he's put some on himself too. Because for the last what, four years, you're we saying, what the hell is Anthony <laughs> Beauvillier? Is he the 60-point player that he flashed in the second half of 2017-2018? Is he just a 30-point player, third-line guy? Like, just establish yourself. We want to know what it is that you are. And so far, he's been really good. Six points in 11 games, more assists than goals. Who is this guy? Yeah, uh, are you a little bit worried that he has two points over these seven games? No. Okay. I I'm a little bit worried just because of last season. So it's just I'm getting flashbacks of like those 16 games where he's got one point, right? Where he shows you that like flash in the pan kind of I could score at will, and then I'm not going to score regardless of what happens for a long period of time. To me, even in the games that he hasn't scored or picked up a point in, it looks like he is having an impact on the ice. You know, you notice him. He isn't like... Basically, last year when he wasn't scoring, he looked like Michael Del Cole does all the time. Completely anonymous. Yeah, just anonymous. Did he play today? Did he not? Where he is still getting his shots on net. He is still, you know, playing relatively well. On a productive line, because think about it, uh, Nelson and Broussard are two of the hottest guys on the team right now, too. That's true. Yeah, it, it, it's working, I, I guess. I, I really want to see a few more points from him J- just because I, like, I look at that. Again, in the last seven games, or eight games, sorry, eight games he has two points. I just want to see more. I just want to see, like, j- just just give me some confidence to know that it's not going to go away all of a sudden. That's all. Yeah. So uh, my number three is goaltending holding up. Okay, that's on my list too. Okay, there you go. Um, that was our first. Th- it took us all the way to number three. That's good. Pretty good. Um, the reason I bring that up, and when I mean holding up, I mean like as of non- the numbers of last year, as in they're doing just as well as the guys who were here last year. One of them is still here with Thomas Grice at a 930 and I'm going to bring it up here. I think it was a 228 or something like that. He's got a 218 goals against average and a 931 save percentage in, in uh, six games played this season. Okay, solid. Pretty damn good. Those are, yeah. those are Robin Leonard numbers right there. Robin Leonard ended Essent- the season with a 213 goals against average and a 930 save percentage. Essentially dead on. Yeah. Although Grice was a, what, 927, wasn't he? Yeah, 927 to 228 last year. So 
had himself a pretty good year him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Varlamov, oh, if I can type properly, uh, he's right close to it. His goals against average is higher at 253, and his save percentage is 918. So it's a bit low, but that's kind of what we were expecting going into the year, right? Like at or something around a 920 and a 250 goals against average, and that 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 should help us win. We'll be able to win with that. That is serviceable, and sure enough, that's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, I mean the two of them, their team total in save percentage is 925, and their team total in goals against is 235. That's that's great. It's fantastic, and it's so you keep getting that throughout the end till the end of the season, you go win games, and so far that's happening. All right, so we're both in agreement. We'll both say that that's number three on our list. So okay. how about number four for you? Uh, I'm sure this is on your list as well. Is Bar- Barzell shooting more? It is not on my list. Good. Uh, so my surprise isn't that he decided to shoot more because Barry Trotz has been you know, preaching to the, uh, that to him since the day he got here. You got to shoot, Matt. You got to shoot, Matt. Be more selfish. Uh, and now that he's doing it, it's working. What is surprising is that it's working so quickly. Right, like he had no, he had one point in the first four games, and then game five, boom, explosion. Just the floodgates started opening, and since those five games, he has like a twenty six point three shooting percentage. Insane. Yeah, that is a crazy number. You're right. So that that's my surprise. Not that he's shooting more, because again, Barry Trotz has been telling him that repeatedly since the day he got here. It's that it's working so quickly. Right. Uh, for me, my fourth is the Josh Hosang holdout. So Ooh, nice. Not so much that he was upset with not making the team and wanted to trade. It's just the fact that like nothing's happened. It's about a month later, and he hasn't played hockey since then. Like, what is going to happen with this guy? Is he just not going to report to the AHL and just sit out? Well, first off, it's Lou telling him to not come by, right? No, I know. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is Lou Lamarillo going to be like, okay, we're just going to eat the $800,000 and you're just going to sit and rot? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't get it either. Because even then, in Lou's comments, he said, look, we'll try to find a trade, but if we can't find one, he's going to have to report back to Bridgeport. I would have thought that would happen. It's been a month, Lou. Yeah. It, exactly. Like, what's going on? Have you not found a trade yet? I think at this point, it's safe to say you haven't found a trade. <laughs> Did or are you going to wait till trade deadline and say, like, we, we went all the way to trade deadline and we still didn't find one. Now you have to report? Like, what? I think he forgot. I'm going to put my money that he forgot. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> I've forgotten bigger things before, so, like, like catching a plane. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I was left stranded on an island, so, you know, <laughs> okay, I, I can well, understand. You can't just drop that and keep going. So, what happened? I was in Iceland with some friends and we went to the spa. There's this like, it's called the Blue Lagoon. We went to spa. Uh, side story to that, I was going to meet a girl that I was kind of cruising while I was there. She's super nice. Um, and I was hoping to get her number, which I did. Um, but I also ended up missing my plane. So we win were stuck situation. in Iceland. Yeah, a, a little bit of a win loss yeah, you know, situation. It, it just cost me another $700. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! My plane ticket there and back was five hundred and one dollars with tax. My plane ticket back, um, just one way, was seven hundred dollars with tax. Oh! So don't miss your flights. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. worth it, right? <laughs> oh no! Anyways, 
Um, where were we? Uh, <laughs> you, you were going to say <laughs> your fifth surprise. Oh, okay. My fifth surprise is that low Corsi still works. So okay. the Islanders have one game this year where they're at a 50% or you know, slightly above uh, in terms of puck possession, and they're winning. Uh, and everything we've been told is that possession matters, possession matters, possession matters. And if you don't have it, you won't win. Uh, and you, you can go a full season with low possession numbers. You can do that for a season, but you cannot sustain that over more than a season because you will be found out. Uh, and, and if you don't bring enough in enough talent, then you'll be found out and you'll be buried. And what happened this year is the Islanders did not bring in any talent, uh, well, any more talent than they already have. And they're, they're playing the same game, but they're still winning. Um, so that's surprising to me that they're still able to do it, even though they don't have a better team on paper and they're using the same strategy that wasn't supposed to work last year. That's a good one. That didn't make my list. So we only had one thing that made each other's list with the goalie. That's pretty good. good. Yeah, but the whole saying thing I thought was going to make, I, I didn't I didn't even think about it, but it should have made my list. So I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, my last one is that before October's over, so within the first month of the season, both Oliver Wallstrom and Otto Koivula being on the roster. That is a huge surprise. Yeah, well, injuries, man. Uh, no, injuries will do that. Right, so that kind of goes into yours when you talked about injuries on the Islanders have been able to sustain it. But if you told me like a month ago that both these guys were going to be on the roster, I was like, I was like, no way. Even if that with the injuries and stuff like that. But it, it is a little bit surprising that they hear this early. But I like That's it. true. And the in, in, the injuries to uh, who's injured matters as well, right? Like, yes, Jordan Eberle is out, but they didn't call up Oliver Wallstrom that the second at, that Jordan Eberle was out, right? Like most of these guys are, are third to fourth line guys, really fourth line guys, and they're they're calling in guys like uh, Koivula and Wallstrom, not guys like I don't know Bernier and whoever else has been around forever. Uh, you know, Bardro makes sense, but you know the. They didn't call up other guys like that, like Bork. Is he still on the, on the Sound Tigers? I forget. Um, I think so. I think uh, I don't quote me on that, but I want to say yes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up now. Just <laughs> I don't know who's on the Sound Tigers roster aside from the guys I'm supposed to know. Ryan Bork is still there. Perfect. Him. There you go. Or or like Tanner Fritz or like Matt Larido or Colin McDonald. Like those are all guys that I would have imagined them calling up to fill bottom tier roster roles instead of guys like Koivula and Wallstrom. Yeah. That's a great point. Especially with all those guys that they have down there, you would think that one of them would, would get the call. Hey, even that, well, he's hurt, but I was going to say, Thomas Hickey played wing in the past. That's true. That is true. Sorry, I don't really, I don't know why I gave you finger guns. I think I had this thing with my son today where he was doing finger guns all over the place and I told him not to do that. Now it's all over. It's all in my mind. Okay. So That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like giving finger guns. It's weird. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. What am I, Shooter McGavin? Just like, hey, acknowledging people with finger guns. It's weird. It's a no, weird I, thing to do. If you do finger gun thing, just you know, rethink some things. <laughs> I have another funny story that we could do a quick tangent with. Do so it. You gave one. So, okay. You mentioned Shooter McGavin. So, yes. a few years ago, it had to be at least five years ago now, uh, on Broadway, my family went to see a show on Broadway, and it was the... It was called American Idiot, and it was all like Green Day's music. Yeah. Like, That's perfect. Like, I hate Broadway, but I'm going to be into it because I like Green Day. Uh, and you'll, the, whoever the actor is who played Shooter McGavin was sitting in the row in front of us. And, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what his name was, but after the play, 
after the play. My dad goes, hey, shooter. And the guy turned around and he went like that with the, <laughs> the guns at him. And he kind of just rolled his eyes and looked back to the, looked back to the stage. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. That's perfect. That he did it without hesitation is even better. Yeah, no, but that's just the kind of guy that my dad is. No surprise. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. Your dad is like that. Um, oh, fantastic. Good old dad stories. <laughs> All right, so with that, I want to get into the quiz segment. Let's do it. Let's see if you can answer these three questions. So, as always, we take one player from whatever draft. This, this podcast, we're taking the 2015 draft. And you, Matt, have to answer three questions about this player. Same right, three questions all the time. So I, I, you should do your research every week. But you know, I know you don't because I don't either. No, I so, am very unprepared. Perfect. That makes this even better. Because I'm not taking names that are known, like Matt Barzal or Anthony Bovillia. I'm taking guys that we have not really... I, I know you're not going to know anything about. So this week, it's Ryan Pylon or Pilon. I just want to say Pilon. It just sounds better to me. It does. All right. So first question is... What position does he play? I've been on a roll. I'm going to go defense. Yes, he was a defender. Uh, the 2015 draft featured a lot of defensemen, specifically in the later round. Um, pick number two, or pick number two. Question number two. Where was he drafted from? So again, I'll accept the league, but I really want to know the team. The Saginaw Spirit. Good pick, but no. Okay, <laughs> no. I don't know. He was taken from the Brandon Wheat Kings. So in the CHL, good job by you, but just you know the Western Hockey League. Okay. And uh, three, where is he playing now? AHL? Trick question. He's actually not playing. He retired? I don't know if he retired, but even the lead prospect has nothing for him right now. The last recorded statistics for him playing is in 2016-17 for the Wakaw Lakers of the FCHL, the Fort Carlton Hockey League, which I believe is in what Saskatchewan. What kind of beer league is that? I have no idea. Never heard of it. Apparently, that league folded in 2018-19, so there's that. I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> so this guy, they what round was he taking in? Fifth round pick, I'm pretty sure. Yes, fifth round, 147th overall. A fifth round pick just lit on fire, who stopped playing hockey two years after he was drafted. Or he's playing somewhere where they don't keep stats. That elite prospect does not keep track of. So, yeah, there's that. Like, he was okay. The year he drafted, they drafted him, he put up 52 points in 68 games. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't know why they didn't like him. Maybe he's just not a good player. Oh, it does say here in elite prospect that he is retired. I did not see that. So he is no longer playing hockey. Okay. Interesting. He's a, he's a big boy. Like, he's 6'3", 207. It's not like he's like a 5'10 player like you usually see. Um, I just guess he wasn't a great hockey player. All right. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that'll do it. I don't have a good answer <laughs> for you. I don't know. So that's your edition. It's the Rich PR. Sorry, Rich. I keep wanting to think Rich Pilon. Ryan Pilon edition. <laughs> Episode 115 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. What's going on? Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. 
All right, Mitch, what do you got for us in the social this week? Oh, uh, someone wrote something about Timmy Panarin, and it's just lighting up the league. I leak the, the Twitter sphere. No, that's fine. I really just wanted to get that off my chest again. <laughs> it feels good for me to get it off my chest. It's healthy. Just to say it's okay. It feels good. Uh, no, I wanted to bring something. I have two things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, so if I can open this, let me open it, Gmail. Uh, this is from uh, Mary Burke. So that's uh, Sean Burke's wife. Or sorry, Sean Burke, uh, Brandon, Brandon Burke's wife. <clears throat> um, she's just screen captured tweets between uh, Anders Lee and Johnny Boychuk that I want to read out to everyone because I think they're hilarious. So it starts off with Anders Lee, and this is on uh, October 26th. He says, lots of buzz on this tonight. So I'm sure it will get lost in the shuffle, but huge shootout or shout out to Johnny Boychuk on his 200th point tonight. Hashtag proud. Okay. So that's good. Good tweet. Good tweet. Yeah. Johnny Boychuk responds. So no, you are the first. Thanks, Captain. Um, <clears throat> next up is Grammar Police comes in. Uh, it was possible for you, Johnny Boychuk, to have used quote unquote uh, quotes Lieber. No, you. Are are the first instead of your y o u r is a possessive determiner. You is a pronoun. You know, thanks for uh, laying thanks that so down. Man. Yeah, thanks. Great. Uh, Johnny Boychuk responds says that's why I is a hockey of the sport. Uh, sorry, that is why <laughs> I is a player of the sport hockey. <laughs> I ruined it. Love <laughs> that. A, I thought that was a good take from Johnny. That's great. No, no he who is- cares. Yeah, I mean it's Twitter. Uh, you're gonna make mistakes. You type in quick. It, not the big deal. You missed an E. Big deal. Yeah. So, all right. For my first one, last week, if you remember, I talked about the girl who saw a couple of people oh, no, come sorry. in to yeah. uh, her job. And it was, I, I think, oh, God, Casey Sezikis and Michael Dal Cole. I'm pretty sure she ran into on back-to-back days. Nonetheless, sure. I'm pretty sure those were the two. Uh she hooked me up with the free food. Nice. Shout out to Yeremy at Chipotle. I got my free Chipotle on Sunday, and it was phenomenal. So shout out goes to there. I know you're listening. So Good. I'm going to have to get some Chipotle. I've never had it. I don't know what it's all about. So Mitch, when you, I'll tell you what. When you come back down, we're going to get Chipotle, and you good. are going to love it. It's right across the Coliseum, so we're going to have time. It's going to be good. Good. Is it Mexican food? I love Mexican food. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Perfect. Uh, my last one is uh, from uh, at David Jerry 89 uh, It's a tweet that says, it's good to be an Isles fan, hashtag Isles. And there's a picture here of this wonderful lady at the Isles Arizona game who had the Barry Trots and all the hearts yes. sign. Great Just sign, by the way. love it. Absolutely. Pr- I know that made the rounds. The Isles MSG Twitter feed now has that as its like avatar. Just absolutely on point sign. Thank you for making that, whoever you are out there. And thank you, David Jerry, for uh, tweeting that out. Yeah, I mean, good on MSG for getting that on camera. That was just perfect. Yes, it's a great sign. Like, well, it's perfect. Uh, Barry trots with hearts. Yeah, we all love the guy because he's amazing. Agreed. MVP of the Islanders. <laughs> absolutely. And he's not uh, that, even That's a all I had for social. All right, my last one is uh, Sydney Esiason Martin. She tweeted out on her, uh, tweeted out, I was going to say she tweeted out on her Instagram. She posted a video on her Instagram. It's an almost eight minute long video from her and Matt's wedding. And 
Mitch, I was mesmerized with this thing. I watched the full eight-minute video like it was the most important thing in the entire world. And it was. just Well, I mean, yes, besides that being a fact. Seeing all the Islander cameos is what made the video for me. Like, obviously, yeah, I'm extremely happy for Sydney and Matt. They are the... I don't know, the couple goals of, of uh, the Islanders and stuff like that, king and queen of Long Island. Uh, but but for me, seeing Matt Barzell just dancing all crazy, uh, Casey Zekas can't dance. He is a terrible dancer. That was a very <laughs> awkward dance. That's prob- That's what I guess. I would bet that I look like that. So I would think that Casey Zekas definitely would be cooler than me, but apparently not. He apparently can't dance too much better than I can. But the best of them all is the Anders Lee head bopping along to the video, into the music. That is just phenomenal content. I, I don't know if I could re- – I don't have it in my heart to replace the Riding Dirty Anders Lee goal celebration video, <laughs> but that's a very close second. I might have to mix that one in occasionally. I think you might have to because it's absolutely perfect. Uh, he's just rocking his socks off. Uh, the, the shirt is gone. I don't know if like he's got like not he's shirtless. He's got a polo shirt on, I guess. Uh, it's great. He's got his shades on, which I'm I'm pretty sure it's at night at this point. Uh, oh so yeah, you don't wear your, your shades indoor at night, unless you're pretty blasted. That's true, and that's just it. And it's a wedding, so if you're not pretty blasted, you're probably not having a good time. Very valid point, and even Maddie's shirt came off too. Like. Like off, off. He just he just had the suspenders on. He didn't have any shirt. I mean, but if anyone could pull it off, it's Matt Martin. I mean, oh, I don't want to see it because it's gonna make me feel bad as a human being. Just like how ripped he is, and like, god damn it, I need to do a push up or two. Yes, uh, just the epitome of what the male body should look like. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. And and not this, and not well, I'm pointing no, to not either. Here. What we're working with here, I mean, and, and not on the same level. It's not. At fair. least how, you go to the gym. I mean, yeah, but I can't compete with that. That's like That's he's just like sculpted by like an artist. Like Michelangelo is sitting there sculpting this guy. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just a regular guy, I guess. Just a regular schmo. Anything else in the social or is that going to do it for us? That is it. That is all. All right. So let's get some plugs out of the way before we get out of here. So wherever you are listening to this show, Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. You could also, if you're interested, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. There we do post-game content. We do a mailbag, which we're going to record right after this, and that'll be posted right after this. Uh, And we do any extra content is going to be there. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for more info and for you to subscribe. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch if you want to follow along with us there. You could also download our app available on uh, iPhone or Android, the Eyes on Isles app. You could visit the website, which has a fresh little makeover, Mitch, at mm-hmm. eyesonisles.com. It's looking pretty good. So you might want to head on over there and check that out. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, Mitch. Definitely check out the website and how it looks. A lot of white space, which is great to just focus in on the reading. For me, for someone like me who's got a hard time, like I'm basically dyslexic, it's great to have more white space so I can focus on them letters. Yeah, I think it's just a lot cleaner look. I like the redesign a lot. I'm really happy with it. 100%. 
All right, so with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.